As Ruby, Gabs, and I teach another cohort of designing staff training class, we are finding that directors always face the struggle to fit everything they need into their staff training. Today, we share some of our favorite and often most critical elements of staff training, some of which may surprise you. This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Go Camp Pro. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for summer camp leaders and directors at gocamp.pro. Do you ever feel like you're spending so much time at the office that you have no time left for camp? With UltraCamp, you can track attendance, manage staff applications, and streamline registration so you'll be back outside in no time. Find out more at ultracampmanagement.com slash campcode. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Go Camp Pro. We have created and are dedicated to this podcast because we believe that staff training is one of, if not the most important part of your job as a camp director. Staff training is what prepares your staff to care for their campers, to feel confident in their skills, and to do their jobs to the best of their ability and learning all along the way. A well-thought-out and intentional staff training will help you in more ways than you can imagine, and we need to help each other bring our very best in the world as well. <laughs> uh, welcome today. Before we dive into our topic, I'd love to do a quick round of introductions. So Beth, please start us off, please. Absolutely. I'm Beth Allison, co-owner co-owner of Camp Hacker and Go Camp Pro. My <laughs> pronouns are she and her, and I am a camp consultant and trainer, still coming to you from the deep freeze in Woodstock, Ontario, Canada. And of course, my purpose is to build intentional community. Thanks, Beth. And Gabrielle. Well, my name is Gabrielle. Um, I'm one of the camp directors of Camp Aura, which is an all-girls camp in the Laurentia Mountains of Quebec, Canada. And we focus on creating a positive community uh, for gender minorities. And my pronouns are she and her. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the chief exploration officer for Ruby Outdoors. My pronouns are she and her. And I work as a friend and supporter of camp, lately teaching a lot of lifeguarding classes, honestly. Uh, and I'm coming at you all from Portland, Oregon, or Salem, Oregon, actually, just south of the National Conference, which is gearing up today. I know this episode is coming out in uh, early March, but uh, it's happening not that far away from me right now as we speak. So, uh, so grateful to be back together with you two ladies. And today we are going to talk about nine things you might be surprised you need to teach during training. So we'll do one round and go from there. So Beth, start us off. What's your first one, please? So I'm sure you'll find it very shocking to know that narrowing it down to just three things was really hard for me. Uh, but I am grateful that I get the opportunity to offer a fourth idea in best practice today. So with two years of a pandemic and so much isolation combined with an increased use of social media, I think it's going to be really important this year to train staff how to do a few things we older folks might take for granted. So number one is the ability to talk to strangers. 
And by strangers, I mean parents or donors or visitors or camper siblings or suppliers and shop owners on town runs. Yes, of course, we teach our staff each year how to engage with campers and how to best communicate with children and teens, but we've had a lot less personal interactions over the last two years, a lot less. What is social etiquette when it comes to small talk and chit-chat and meeting new people? How can camp best represent itself? What do staff think would be ways to make others feel comfortable and welcomed and engaged in person? And our very favorite question at Camp Code, what does that look like, sound like, and feel like? So we're going to need to give staff a chance to practice these really necessary skills through discussion and role play and reflection. And this includes things like how to make a phone call. How many of us, particularly under 25, still make phone calls? I'm well over 25, and if I can shoot it out in a text instead, I'm all there for it. So how do we teach them to make phone calls, especially to people we don't know? So give them the opportunity to get comfortable with cold calling campers, grownups, suppliers, resources like, I don't know, state or provincial parks, government outreaches like Children's Aid. We've spent so much time texting and responding online that we need to help our staff feel confident with in-person or telephone conversations. The other piece of this, of not having those one-on-one face-to-face conversations, and with so much angry and rude and non-empathetic responses that we see role modeled to us every day online in the last few years, is teaching staff how to communicate their concerns, their fears, their frustrations in a productive way, deciding together as a staff how you're going to treat each other, how you're going to accept criticism and concerns with open minds, what your process is for sharing these with those who need to know and those who have the power to make those necessary changes. So I think one of the big skills for this year is teaching them how to move offline and into in-person communication, that's going to be key for a successful summer. So that's my first tip. Oh, Beth, that reminds me of when I used to call staff to set up an interview and how often I would get the, yeah, when they the phone and I'd be like, hey, this is Ruby. I'm calling her camp to set up an interview. And they go, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> so I think your point is, is so spot on. That's awesome. At least they adjusted, though. Yeah. Like, at least there was an adjustment piece. <laughs> I say success, really. (laughs) It happened many times. I can't say it was just a a one-off thing. Awesome. Thanks for starting us off, Beth. How about you, Gabrielle? What's your first one? For me, it's um, how to have a successful day off. Um, I find that I find that staff members um, th- they benefit from the structure of camp, even though they might um, complain or there's an adjustment period. That s- structure at camp does help with building community, um, knowing where quote unquote you belong. Of course, you belong everywhere, but you know, just sort of the feeling of being of belonging. But then, actually, what to do when it's your day off. So simple things like if you, if your ta- if your camp um, where your staff can go on their day off um, outside of camp, um, what's available to them in, in the local town? Um, what are some things that you can do that you might want to do to break up your day as well? Um, how do you get some rest, but also how do you build community? Um, I think this is where it goes also to what you like to talk about Ruby a lot is boundaries um, where they feel they have to, 
for example, visit family or they have to um, spend time with their friends? How do we set that up uh, during staff training so people can uh, get used to saying, you know, during my downtime, I like to X, Y, and Z. And how can they have their friends help them with those type of things? This year, um, last summer, because of COVID, at first, our staff weren't allowed to leave um, camp. So we had to be on camp. Um, and then it shifted to we could leave camp. Um, and and so uh, they would have two days off and they had you know a, a wonderful time. But at the second round of those two days off, some of the staff members were feeling that pressure of I need to spend time with everybody. Um, and then lastly, in our last week, this is this killed me. Um, in our last week, we really worked our schedule around where we weren't supposed to necessarily have a day off. But we wanted everybody to have a day off um, and they could leave camp or they could be on camp. And typically within my organization, days off happen while campers are on camp. And there's uh, some staff members that were like, um, no, thank you. We would rather um, to just not have days off then. If other people are working and I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, and then somebody said, uh, I think I have work FOMO and then uh, returning staff very quickly said, no, it's called guilt. You have to manage your guilt. Um, but I really realized that, that we do want our staff members to rest during this time. We want them to get replenished. Um, but I do, I do feel like spending time with them and, and planning and, and helping them uh, navigate their days off is important. And this year we'll even have uh, with returning with new staff members, we'll have returning staff members talking to, um, new staff members about their days off and getting them to think ahead and plan. So how to have a happy day off. Smart, 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 smart. Genius. Awesome. Uh, my first one today that I want to share is one that if you've heard me do a talk about behavior management, you've probably heard me talk about this concept. I think it's even larger now because again, that idea of, of building community when we haven't been used to being close to one another and around each other, uh, this is a useful skill. And that's the skill of matching and mirroring. If you're not familiar with this, this is a technique for building rapport. And when we talk about building rapport in this context, it's the idea of like, you have it or you don't. Like you you have rapport with someone and they and there's that base level of trust or they're following you or they're, they're giving you authority and respect as a leader, or you don't. And uh, very simply, the way you can do that is by matching people's body positions. So if somebody's arms are crossed, you will also cross your arms when you're talking to them. Our brains are funny and we'll feel more connected because we look similar. So I think about a few things with this. One, I think about one option is to teach your return staff about this. This can be in any camp setting. Um, and then have them practice it for a few days and then have one of them lead a session or talk about it and teach it to the new staff and be like, hey, we've been playing, we've been not playing this trick, but doing this thing to you. And it's, it really is a Jedi mind trick. I, I, that's what I call it when I teach it. Um, you can also think about matching their paraverbals, which is tone, volume, and speed. So it's that thing where if you're like, I'm really amped up about something, like, ah, and somebody comes up to you and they go, you need to calm down. It almost makes you angrier. You're like, no, you don't get it. Blah, 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 blah. Right. But if somebody comes up to you, is like, wow, it seems like you're really upset about something. Let's take a seat over here. Right. Just even that matching and then manipulating the energy to where you want it to go can go a long way. So it is kind of one of those things that once you teach it to folks, everybody's doing it to each other all the time, sometimes knowingly or not. And that can kind of mess with your head a bit. 
but it is such a brilliant technique for building connection and it can be done from afar. You don't have to be standing right next to somebody. In fact, the way this was first taught to me was in an introductory circle and we were sharing some, I don't know, series of information, like a whole bunch of things that we had to share as part of our intro. And the instructor was just matching our movements. And then he told us about it later. It was like, I know who's connected to me because I change my movement and I see who matches me and I know I've got them. They they are locked into me as a leader and we're good to go. And I can see who's not matching me. Or I can see like this student is swaying back and forth and other students are swaying to match them. So that's a student leader that I need to get bought into my leadership. So it's fascinating stuff and such a useful skill. And I found it especially helpful when I am feeling challenged with connecting with somebody, if I'm feeling like I'm just not, we're not on the same page, that if I will do some matching and mirroring, that instantly I will feel more connected to them. So it's a useful skill across the board. It, it sounds to me too, like this would be a perfect type of session to teach sort of like as an inception session where you're trying to help staff members connect to their campers and get them to practice um, matching and mirroring their campers and also something that they can practice practice on each other so that it doesn't seem like um, it's, it's just like this is a tool that helps you connect with kids you know and, and I, a lot of staff members are wondering how do I connect with kids and for me I'm like inception let's get them to practice this with each other so they can do it with their campers yeah I love absolutely that. absolutely and that's I've generally taught that as a camper behavior management technique mm-hmm. that's the way I learned it uh, but it is so funny how often I've run a session about it and and had one group go off and then I tell the other group, hey, I want you to match everything that they do, but don't tell them you're doing that. And they're like, that's going to be really obvious. And it's not. It is. It's, I mean, even as you're watching it from afar and you're seeing everybody do these like ridiculous motions because the person who's speaking is doing them, how often they don't perceive it. Uh, it's It's pretty amazing. So it really, again, feels like a Jedi mind trick. So there we go. All right, there's our first three. We're going to take a short break here from our sponsor, and then we'll come on back. If you are attending in-person conferences this spring, I want to encourage you to stop by and meet my friends at UltraCamp and chat about their camp management software. Tell them you are a Camp Code listener and how much you appreciate their support of this show. They make regular releases possible. And did I mention that UltraCamp is also offering a guide titled Five Unique Ways to Connect with Campers Outside of Camp? We're just talking about camper connection. It's great. When you visit ultracampmanagement.com slash camp code, you can download this free guide and find out more about UltraCamp's powerful tools that put you in control of your information. Those tools allow you to automate your billing, create custom reports, manage your hiring process, that includes integrated background checks, communicate with your customers and donors, and add in the efficiency of automation so that you have a platform that you can put to work for you. UltraCamp's goal is to provide resources so that their clients can spend more time in camp doing what they do best. If all of this doesn't sound like your registration software, don't you think it should? Visit their website, ultracampmanagement.com slash camp code, and set up a time to chat. They look forward to meeting you. And we are back. Okay, continuing with nine things you need to be teaching your staff this summer at camp. Beth, what's your next one, please? Teaching staff life skills is one of the most beneficial uses of training time. 
It will not only teach them to problem solve issues for themselves, thus giving them confidence and a thirst for learning new things, but it'll also remove a number of small headaches from your plate this summer and may even save you money doing it. Offer time during training to teach the use of basic tools that you use for repair. So things like wrenches or the different types of screwdrivers, all those kinds of things. It might be a really fun session for your maintenance staff to run, for people to get to know them and for them to feel a part of your community. It's also a great way to introduce your safety rules. Here's what you're allowed to fix on your own. Here's what you need to let the maintenance staff handle. Here's when you need to go straight to the director with a concern. Uh, Here are the tools that you may not borrow or use without permission or maybe ever uh, because you need to be certified and so on. So teach your staff not only how to plunge a toilet because we've all had to do that, but also how to turn the water off. Where are those pipes and taps located for each of the main buildings? Teach them how to use a fire extinguisher, change a battery in a smoke detector, how to change a flat tire if they're ever on a town run or driving campers offsite. More and more these days, I find that kids are growing up not learning these skills at home with parents thinking that it's often the grown-ups who take care of them. So many will come to camp ill-equipped to handle some of those necessary life skills. I would even go so far as to teach some basic sewing skills. Yes, camp clothing can be fixed without the use of duct tape. Make a list with the help of your veteran people of all of the necessary skills staff may need this summer. And then you can either run a fun fair for a few hours um, where they can teach one another, or you can intersperse them throughout training to be sure that they're getting some experience in problem solving and actually fixing things. So that's my number two. Genius. Yeah. If I was a director, I'd be doing that in a heartbeat. That's awesome. Love that too. All right. Gabrielle, you have another one for us? I'll go with the life skills. I'll continue off of that. For me, laundry is a big one. I, 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 it's so funny because, um, it's like, it's like I, sometimes I remember things to teach and then sometimes I'm like, oh, they all know this because I think it's because we taught them for so many years that now everybody just gets good at it. And it's, and it's sort of passed on knowledge. Laundry is huge. I keep coming back to every like three or four years. I'm like, oh, dang, I should be teaching them how to use, do laundry, how much to put in a washing machine. Um, just even, even the, the socks piece, emptying out your, your pockets, um, um, you know, like that hanging things up, how actually wonderful that is. Um, I also find it just a nice time to spend time with my staff, like to just have a conversation and talk about their clothes. And do you have clothes just for camp? Um, do you have city clothes and camp clothes? Is that all mixed together? Um, are you into slow fashion, et cetera, et cetera. So I find it just, just a, a nice time. And, but it also, if you have laundry machines within your organization, we do, and, um, we don't let uh, people usually use the laundry services. Um, we'll do the laundry for them. Um, however, on certain occasions, uh, this is where I, I find it, you know, I'm saying like, Hey, come with me. Have you ever done laundry before? I'll show you how to do it. This is how the camp laundry uh, works, you know? So it's, I just find it a really nice thing and they're, they always uh, are grateful for it. And you avoid things like a using too much soap, mm-hmm. B having it all over the laundry room floor, uh, you know, the lint dryer never being emptied, 
Um, that one, you know, just they have stuff in there for hours and hours and they haven't come back to take it out uh, because they're, you know, mm-hmm. off with kids. But at the same time, they've overloaded the dryer with stuff. It's never going to dry because every piece of clothing they own is all in there at once. Um, so even giving them a chance, I think, to like set up, do you have a laundry buddy? Because at our camp, they did their own laundry. We provided mm-hmm. the soap um, and, you know, the dryer sheets or whatever was needed, um, dryer balls and things. And, um, you know, they would have laundry partners so that they would kind of work together to get laundry done and, you know, always make sure you have a pair of clean underwear, all those kinds of things. But it's it's funny how they just, some of them come with absolutely no idea how to do that, how much soap to put in or, or yeah. any of that. So it's and a there's, quick lesson and it can be taught in a fun way. And there's, and there's some people that come and they, they're, you know, they've been doing it since they're 11 or 12 years old. And I think it's, it's, you know, every family learns different things, you know, and, but I think it's a transitional time where some of them are about to move out or they have just moved out and, and just giving them those life skills or those opportunities just before they move out is just an opportunity to, to bond and connect and, and show them something that's practical, um, um, and easy, but, you know, I hope, I don't know, Beth, if this is one of your things, but, you know, at Waro, we started doing, um, you know, how to change a tire slash check and check oil because of what you and Travis have, have done. And that was, and all for our CITs because they're 16 years old. So they're most, they will get their license at one point and not all of them know how to do that. And they get to spend time with our maintenance team and our maintenance team teaches it to them and they all do it. And, um, two years ago, I was in a car with one of my staff members and we we're driving and we got a flat and she was like, huh, I know what to do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you do. So it's just these type of things. I find it just gives us this little extra time with them. Um, and it goes a long way and it's great conversations during, during those, ch- those lessons. I love it. I love it. All right. My next one is. Silence is okay. That's right. That was an intentional pause right there. How uncomfortable did you just get with that silence? I, I just I, thought you had muted. I thought you accidentally yeah. remuted yourself. Like, You're really? frozen. No. Um, we need to get comfortable with silence. And we live in a world where more and more there's an opportunity to always have a video playing or music or earbuds in and just being comfortable with silence is a critical skill. I think it is critical all around, especially for overnight camp when you can't just be go, 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 go all the time. Like there has to be some quiet time. And I think it's true also for staff members in general is that they just have to turn everything off sometimes. And I remember a book I read in middle school for, for school where it talked about these two friends were sitting in silence and that was kind of the true marker of friendship when you get to a place where you can sit in silence and it's not super awkward. And I've thought about that ever since middle school. I'm like, is this a friendship that's at that point already? Yay. Okay, good. Um, And I think that's something we need to remind staff about, have them practice. And absolutely, we want them engaging with campers and being with them and talking with them and sparking fun stuff. But we also need to encourage them to let things sit as well. So I think it's a skill to practice. Um, I think just even stating like silence is okay at camp. It's not something to, to be avoided. Um, and I think that takes some of the pressure off too of staff who are like, I have to be doing something all the time. And like, 
super counselor, ah, you know, and, and the reality is like, no, it's okay to just walk alongside a camper and just watch and let the camper cue um, a, a conversation or something cool. And if nothing really gets cued, then that's okay. You, you can, you can start a conversation, but just don't feel like you always have to, to be on the leading edge of that and creating noise. Love that's that. my next one. Yeah. Awesome. Beth, I think we okay. have one more for from you. If you are running an overnight camp, one of the skills I think would be incredibly, incredibly useful is to teach staff how to remember and therefore pay some attention to a life outside of camp this summer. Of all of my non-camp friends and family, this was always a concern of theirs each year. They would tell me that I would disappear for months every year and they would never know how I was doing or if I was okay. Taking time during training to talk about how this may feel from both sides of that equation and what your staff can put into place now to help it be successful, like front-loading to loved ones, their hours off or their time off, that they may not hear from them daily, but they still love them, that their workday does not permit them to have their cell phones with them at all times, so they're not responding in real time. All of these kinds of things can go a long way to create some understanding. I think it would also be great to allow for some discussion either in large or small groups to talk about how it might feel to be missing some of these events in people's lives who are not at camp and what to do when we feel guilty or our mother makes us feel guilty for not attending a family event, even though we told them that we weren't able to do it. Um, Should we take this job? And this is what it would mean. In training one year, we decided to have staff create their own calendars of important dates that would be coming up during their time at camp. So on their calendars, they had things, they all had like Mother's Day or Father's Day for our spring and our outdoor center staff. Maybe they had their grandparents' big anniversary or their sister's graduation, their dates to choose school courses for next year and so on. And then we had them hang their calendars in the staff lounge. And each week when we were in meeting, we reminded them to take a look at their week ahead to ensure that they were then sending out a card or blocking off time for a phone call and so on. Helping staff to connect the outside world when they're to connect to the outside world when they're living in that bubble all summer and then teaching them creative ways to think of others and then encouraging them to share those creative ideas with one another like making a short video to send to grandma and inviting all of the staff to participate in that in some way not only builds community with those outside of camp but also within your staff it also builds empathy when we're asked to put ourselves in the shoes of others and how we think they might feel so for me that would be a really important piece this year so smart. So smart. Gabrielle. I was just thinking that I'm like, when I go to camp, I'm like, haha, outside world. Goodbye. And I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> I'm like, too bad. <laughs> Not talking to you. Don't need to answer anybody. Um, but it is true. And the people that I, that I care about very much, they all know they've all been front loaded on what camp is like and everything. But this is, I see this with my staff. I love the calendar idea. Um, oh, for me, it would be um, it would be just a um, um, a morning routine, um, learning a more a proper morning routine. We do this every single year. I go to this session every single year. Um, it's led by uh, one of my fave people, Heidi Turcutt, and she talks about how to conserve energy throughout the day. And one of it is to make the least amount of decisions in the morning. Um, one year when she did this session, she did it with a leadership team. 
Then she did it with staff and then she did it with um, staff that were coming late. And then she did it with CITs and they showed it to every single one. When it came to the CIT one, she was like, now you're joking. And I was like, no, this is so helpful for me. I need a recap. I need to understand. I was sitting right there with the CITs with my pencils. Like, this is so helpful. And, and basically her, her thing is not, it's not do this, do that. It's about looking at your day and just the night before saying, do I want to shower tomorrow morning or not? Do I want to actually go for a run or do I want that, um, that extra 30 minutes sleep in? Um, and then she goes a little bit further to say, you know, before you go to bed, if it, if you're in your room, if it's a day camp and you're at home as my room set up for me to just get out of bed and be ready for the next day. And, um, so it's all nice in theory, but then we actually practice it during staff training. Um, people talk about their morning routine. They talk about what they had. Some of them have like 15 things on their list. We can, we suggest three. Um, we say, whoa, 15, are you, have you been able to keep up with it? Not necessarily. That's okay. What are your priority ones? Um, but I truly feel this is a way of teaching staff members how, how to care for themselves without using necessarily the language self-care. Um, and, um, not that that's bad, but sometimes we, it's used so much that we gloss over it. So, um, just those morning routines and, and getting staff to connect with this. I also see a difference difference in my staff because we're being intentional about morning routines and it's, uh, different for everybody. So, um, that's something we're going to definitely continue teaching. And, and I know staff members are use it in their everyday life, which makes me so happy. That's awesome. And I think it's yet another skill that we can file it under the the heading of like things that maybe have never been taught at home or are getting taught at home even less. Um, that that's a thought that I have. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's I think for me uh, the reason why it goes under like you'd be surprised to. I think some of the things it's well, it doesn't surprise me, but it's because I also struggle with these things. But like Heidi would say, you know, get your clothes out the night before, and I'd be like what? This is amazing. And then of course I have Jackie in this room and she's like, I've, I've told you this your entire life. I've, I've literally, and I'm like, mom, no, shush. I'm listening to brand new information that I've never heard in my life. Um, but, but these are things that are, it's, it's like surprisingly easy things. And I think that's why for me, um, like let's, t- let's t- teach them this because it's actually surprisingly easy. It's surprisingly logical. Um, but also when a whole community is doing it, people tend to do it as well. You know, everybody's doing it together. When your mother's telling you at home, poor moms, I really empathize with all of you. I care about parents so much. Um, this is where camp can really help because perhaps at home, this is what's being said, but it's not necessary. And it's maybe not brought in as a morning routine, but pick up your stuff before you go to bed. You'll feel better. Make your bed. You'll feel better. You know, <laughs> it's a newsflash to me. I'm like, this is genius. <laughs> Poor Jackie. <laughs> Poor, honestly, truth. <laughs> Genius. Thanks so much for that one. Um, my last one that I would like to share today is to play, 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 play. I think we get into the headspace of we're training. It's all very serious. And we forget that we have a bunch of young adults often or across all ages and you bring them into a place where there are often lots of really fun looking toys and activities all around big and small. And then we're like, we're going to sit you in a room and talk about stuff, which is important. I like talking about stuff, but you cannot ignore the fact that if you have a bunch of fun things around, 
you need to let your staff do those fun things. So even if you're in a school and you have a maker's lab or a Lego build lab, like make sure you give your staff some time to play with those things. Not only is it going to remind them of what it's like to be a child and have that childlike sense of play so they can continue to instill that uh, throughout the year, I think we're more creative and fun beings. It's a more creative and fun place to be and work when people are allowed to play. Um, and it, it just, it sparks so many cool moments. And as Beth was saying earlier, that empathy piece too. So I, I do some outdoor guiding and recently I was on a guided snowmobile experience, which I have never done any sort of like ATV or snowmobile, nothing. That was all very, very new. And it gave me such an appreciation for people who come to activities that I know very, very well, who are like, oh, this is the first time I've ever done this and just kind of like paralyzed by fear. And I, I'm like, what? We're going for a walk in the woods. This isn't hard. But I needed to be put back in that space of like, oh, this is actually very, very outside of my comfort zone. So it helps us be better teachers when we get put in that space. Uh, so don't forget about being playful. There's obviously a time for being serious and a time for being playful. And that's a skill that your staff need to practice as well during training is learning how to walk that line. And I used to very simply say to my campers or to my students at the outdoor ed program, like, there are times when we're going to be silly and there's times when we're going to be serious. And as long as we can be serious when we need to be serious, we will be silly when we need to be silly. And Again, I think that's a skill that can be practiced is how do you find that line and how do you find those different tones of voices and how do you show and, and cue like this is a playful time versus this is a serious time. That's something you need to model as a director and something your staff need to practice over and over and over again during training. Cool. Any other last comments before we move on? That was right. a great that was a great place to to wrap up, I think. Woohoo! Like being playful. It's the good stuff. Yeah. All right. So much through play. Yeah, so much, so much. All right. Well, Gabrielle, I think it is time for the recap. Recap, recap. Recap. Were we in harmony? Probably. <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> hey, remember when your parents told you not to talk to strangers? Not according to Beth. All <laughs> staff members should learn how to talk to strangers. This is a skill set. Honestly, especially when you're working at camp, you're going to be meeting so many different people and just feeling calm and have ease when you're talking to strangers is so, so important. Speaking about great mom skills. Hey, have you ever tried a morning routine? Teach your staff to do so. You'll be surprised how many people don't know that making your bed is going to be great for you having a glass of water maybe even writing a couple of morning journal notes these might be things for your staff and it could be totally customizable for your staff and trust me it's worked for me it's worked for my staff and when we're talking about staff and work my goodness I've never thought of this before but we do bring our staff into a wonder wonder wonderland of fun and we say okay get your books out and let's start working and guess what we're going to talk about emergency procedures then it's possible that children might die and um, that's really intimidating scary. So why don't we get them to play? When we play, we build empathy. It's an energy boost. It sh shares experiences. And then after that play, you can practice awkward silence. It's okay. 
for that awkward silence to happen? Of course it is. That's just building confidence within your team. And when we're talking about confidence, let's look at life skills. Beth is suggesting tools and sewing. And I couldn't agree more with her because guess what? You can slip in a little session of a please don't, please do at our organization. So it's telling staff members, hey, these are things that we're going to do for you and help you with. But also we would like you to change a light bulb. Please change a bleeping light bulb. And while we're changing the light bulb, uh, show your support by matching the behavior of that person that's that is changing la- that light bulb. I've never thought of this before, but a one way to connect with people is definitely matching their body language, matching their energy, especially if it's positive. It just sort of tends to bring people together. And lastly, let's look at life on the outside. Set expectations. Beth didn't use the front load word, but I certainly heard it in this language. Front load to your family and friends and teach staff members to front load um, what what the expectations of their cell phone usage, how they can communicate, but also help and remind your staff members to reach out to their loved ones. And remember, when you're teaching these lessons, you might say, how do I do this? Go back to the camp camp code old trick of what does it look like? What does it sound like? And what does it feel like? And that is our recap for today. That was beautiful. Thanks for tying all that together. That was awesome. Um, we would love for you to get involved with the podcast. And so you can do that by telling us your thoughts on this episode by using the hashtag camp code. You can tell us what topics you'd like for us to discuss, any guests you recommend we have on the show, what great leadership training tips you have to share. We'd love to hear from you. We are all about sharing in this industry. And just a side note, today's topic was a listener suggested topic. So we really do listen to them. So please, please, please share those with us. Thanks for sending that in. Indeed. Uh, Also, if you found this podcast to be useful, please leave a rating and review for us in your podcasting app of choice. Your feedback really helps keep the show going. If you would like to be in touch, here's how you can reach us. Beth? You can email me directly at beth at gocamp.pro and I'm on Twitter at Topaz. Gabrielle? Uh, You can get in touch with me at info at waro.com. Waro spelled O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com. Or you can follow me slash DM me at Gabrielle Rail on Instagram and Rail takes two L's. And you can find me Ruby at rubyoutdoors.com at rubyoutdoors on Instagram. And you can also find me on Twitter at rubylin85. For our next podcast, we will be talking about what you can do right now to prepare for staff training. That's right. In March, what can you be doing to take away the night sweats when it gets where you're getting closer to staff training time. But I know many of us experience. All right. Our, uh, our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And we would love to hear some of your most memorable moments or most effective tips. You can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. And today, Beth has our best practice. One of the things that we often forget to teach during leadership training is that staff need to know what to do off-site as much as on-site during our summer programs. So many of us go over our expectations of staff's behavior on days off. So we used to put our staff in small groups and ask them to come up with all the ways that they can represent camp well and make a positive difference in the world in their interactions with the folks in the village that camp resides in, as well as the larger towns that they travel to on days off. One of my favorite things as a camp director was to get phone calls from store owners or cottagers on a Sunday afternoon, and they would tell me how impressed they were, how 
how kind and thoughtful and respectful my staff were on their day off on Saturday and that they were so delighted to see this in young adults as they sometimes didn't. Our camp is situated in an area with over 60 camps within 60 miles. So these small towns were often overrun with camp staff on days off, and not all of them had been set up to be successful in town. So that was totally worth front-loading every year. But what we discovered was just as important to teach our staff was what to do if they ran into trouble on a day off. Our camp is up in cottage country in central Ontario. The vast majority of the staff were nowhere near home or people that they knew and so needed to be able to rely on one another should something happen on a day off. We began doing this long before the days of great cell coverage up there and actually even before all of our staff had cell phones. <laughs> but this is equally important today. We had back in the day, business cards printed up that we gave out to our staff with all of the necessary emergency contact info on it. Camp's phone number, because keep in mind, most people don't memorize phone numbers anymore. Our personal cell phones, camp's address and emergency rural route number, and anything else that was pertinent to our camp. In today's day and age, obviously, you can simply have them add this information to their cell phones during training, but we had them put their business side uh, cards into their wallets. So this combined with instructions of who to call and in what order helped alleviate any big issues. For example, here's who to call if you get a flat tire and our local garage's number was on their little business card. Here's what to do if you're in a car accident. Here's who to call first if it's serious and so on. So making sure that they know that they're supported 24-7, especially for sleepaway camps that are far from home, is key to taking the best care of your people and helping them to have the most positive experience. And by setting them up right, you're also teaching them how to do these sorts of things with their campers, their future employees, and maybe even their own future children. So set them up right and let them know what to do if they get in trouble on a day off. So smart. Thanks so much for sharing that one. And I want to thank all of you all for listening today. And Camp Code is part of the Go Camp Pro podcast network. You can check out all of our other podcasts at gocamp.pro slash podcast. There are some amazing people with some sage advice. So go look them up and give them a listen. And today I want to invite you to jump over and check out the First Class Counselor podcast. That is hosted by executive producer of podcasts here at Go Camp Pro, Matt Wilfred, and all-around kindest friend on the block, Oliver Grogan. This podcast is actually not for you, the camp director, but it's for your frontline staff. Um, Matt and Oliver offer some really smart tips and tricks and practical advice for your frontline staffers. And spoiler alert, most recently, our very own Gabrielle Rael joined Tiff Gratton McDuffie to discuss how to ace an interview. So that's a cool one you could send out as a resource or share with your CITs. I also really appreciated episode 47, how they talked about how to take campers on trips and overnights and some smart stuff was shared there. So in classic Camp Code style, what if you sent the First Class Counselors podcast feed to your leadership team members and had them pick out a few episodes for their frontline staff to listen to before summer? Ha! You got a bonus tip there. So such a cool resource. It's free. It's available to you. Also note when you're looking up First Class Counselors, there are two L's in counselors because Canada is cool like that. My friends, 
Thank you all for listening and we will see you again another day. Please remember, no other industry shares their best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea you heard on a GoCamp Pro podcast, please be professional and remember to give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by GoCamp Pro. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.